There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me, as always, is Centauri Miner. Hello, folks. Helping us move from awareness to action this week is Mr. Greg Edgar, the Executive Director of the Arizona Lottery. Welcome, Greg. Welcome. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for having me on today. Yeah, excited to talk to you. Centauri, do you consider yourself to be a lucky person? That's not what I thought your question was going to be. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I thought you were going to ask me like how much of a gambler I am. Okay. Um, I guess I do consider myself to be somewhat of a lucky person, as lucky as anyone else is. Okay, fair enough. Well, Greg, now that you know that Centauri thinks he's a lucky guy, what role do you think that luck plays in the lottery? Well, you know, I think actually the biggest thing is entertainment. But luck obviously comes into play in terms of how people believe and feel uh, they're going to do in the games. Um, and I think uh, when you look at the way the games are operated, it takes a lot of luck to win them. Uh, but really, the, what we like to preach about the lottery is that, you know, this is a, an entertainment venue. It's a place to come and have a good time. Uh, you know, you look at most of the people that play, they come with a disposable income to play it. And uh, they dream big. And, and really, the beauty about our industry is by providing that entertainment and uh, that avenue for people to dream big we're doing good for the communities that we serve oh i appreciate that and centauri is a person who enjoys a good time and as am i so (laughs) (laughs) good yeah and centauri i want to just encourage you to keep feeling lucky though too well there you go is it is it is it you telling me that I need to buy a lottery ticket today? That's just a nice, uh, po- uh, polite way of saying go out and buy a ticket today, please. Boom! <laughs> I love it. So, so Greg, you've been you've been the executive director for about three years and eight months, give or take. Uh, would love to hear give your career. Take, give, <laughs> give or take. Would would uh, love to get your career path and how you how how you found yourself where you are. You know, everybody wakes up saying they're going to be a lottery director someday, don't they, right? Isn't that a natural thought progression for your careers? Uh, You know, it's really quite funny. I I, I spent 20 years in the uh, uh, public relations field. I did uh, at one firm. I know that's weird in this day and age to be at one place for that long, but I did 20 years at one uh, public relations agency. And then at the end of that 20-year time frame, uh, uh, made a decision to go out on my own for a few years working uh, just on some projects with my wife and then uh, this opportunity presented I I was doing some interviewing for some other opportunities and I met with the governor's chief of operations and uh, he called me a couple days later and said you're no good for those opportunities but hey how about be a lottery director (laughs) and uh, I think I think like most folks my my quick reaction was what is a lottery director and I asked for 24 hours to go figure that out and gave him a call back the next day, and and the rest is history. Nice. So nice. what what was it that, that you discovered in your research that, that was appealing? 
You know, the the biggest thing, actually, the, the, the interview that I had with him, I was giving him some very direct feedback on how I felt they were doing uh, with another agency's communication efforts. And uh, I, I told him where they were doing well and where they were messing up. And when I, when he asked me about the lottery position, I went into looking at, you know, what what is the whole mission of the lottery? Why does lottery exist? And I think like most folks, I mean, if you go stand on a street corner today and ask 10 people, I think you'll probably get nine people to tell you that we're exist to uh, benefit education um, because that's what it is in a number of other states where the dollars go strictly into education. Well, in Arizona, we we have uh, over a dozen uh, funds that we put dollars towards, but over uh, 18 different programs that receive money from us, and nobody knows anything about them. And as I was reading through those programs, it really became evident to me that there was an opportunity to really have impact in our community with with the efforts at lottery uh, and for myself for an opportunity to go out and and put more information out there about those programs that we serve got it perfect and what so, are, and the, go uh, ahead I, I ask I think um, just taking a step back is the lottery a a, a, a department of the um, Arizona the Arizona government I think giving some level That's- setting to the to our listeners on what exactly the lottery is. Yeah, you know, it goes state by state. So, but here in here in Arizona, we are a member of the state government. We're an actual agency with inside the state uh, infrastructure. Uh, I sit on the governor's cabinet and participate in, in, you know, really the formation of everything that happens uh, from a state perspective. Uh, and our our mission here really feeds funds through uh, state agencies out to frontline, out right to nonprofits that work in the field. Uh, those dollars flow from us through the other state agencies. Out to their to their uh, uh, missions, uh, and really hits front line with what we do. Got it. And uh, annually, how much is the lottery raising and giving out? Just top line. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, over, we've been in business for uh, 38 years. Just kind of some fun, interesting uh, pieces on that. We are the first lottery that was west of the Mississippi, and we were uh, founded initially by a pub- by a public initiative. So the voters went to the to the polls and said we wanted to have lottery. Uh, it squeaked by, and, we, and then we've been reaffirmed uh, a couple times, both through public initiative and then uh, again through uh, the legislative process where we've been. In, fully codified as a state agency and we don't have to go back out to the public for that anymore but uh when we've gone through each agency in the state of arizona has a sunset review and when we've gone through that we've been renewed every single time um uh, but that's kind of how how we got started and then when you look at the dollars that we've raised uh since our 38 year uh 1981 july 1st 1981 we've generated over 4.2 billion dollars back to uh our our programs that we fund back to and all those programs are are selected by the Arizona State Legislature but it's 4.2 billion dollars when you look at recent history on that um, since Governor Ducey came into office in 2015 we've returned over a, a billion dollars just in that time frame back to our beneficiaries so over 24 percent of that return has come uh, in the past five years uh, which we're very proud of uh, last year we we set a record we we broke uh the billion dollar threshold in annual sales for the first time uh, we got up to a billion uh, 77 and then we returned last year 230 million dollars back uh, into those beneficiary programs well those are amazing numbers How, what what do you attribute over the past five years 
let's just assume that it's <laughs> you're completely responsible for that. You've been there for four of them. <laughs> uh, it's not all luck, right? No. <laughs> right. Um, you know, luck actually, I, I mean, all kidding aside, luck does play a part in it in that, you know, we have, when you look at the games that we offer, we have uh, draw games, we have scratch games, and we have instant games. The draw games are things like Powerball, and here in Arizona we have the Pick, which is our local game, and then you have also Mega Millions, which is a, a national game. Uh, those games changed their matrixes back in, uh, uh, Powerball did it in 2015, and then Mega Millions did it in 2017. And when those matrix matrices changed, they matrices changed. Excuse me, I can't speak. When those matrices changed, uh, they made it so those games were able to make it up to those billion dollar thresholds, and that of course brings a lot of. Um, uh, temporary players into the marketplace to play those games. So those had big impact for us, certainly in those years that we had those billion-dollar uh, jackpot runs. But really, I think we're, if you look at the sustainability side of things and what we've been trying to do, um, a big initiative that the governor brought into play was lean principles in, in our management style. And so we, we really took apart our operations here internally and everything from our basic understanding of how to develop a game to understanding profitability uh, you know we, we took it all apart and and restructured the way we came at those things and really took ourselves from being what was a state agency that happened to have products that it offered to really thinking of ourselves more of a business that happens to be a state agency you know we, we at any given time and we have upwards of 60 products in the marketplace um, so thinking just like a state agency is not going to get it done from a terms of, you know, getting out there and meeting our mission of, of filling these buckets for our beneficiaries. We, we've got to think like a business and we've got to offer our products in a way that players want to play them. Uh, we've got to offer them in a way and market them in a way that, that people know they're there. And so that's been a huge focus for us is taking apart that, that business operation side. Uh, and really be focused in on, you know, what's the most profitable products to put in the marketplace? What are the products that people want to play and enjoy? Because, you know, the funny thing about lottery, if you don't put products out there that people don't win on, uh, they don't buy them. And so sure. you have to have a good mix. You have to have a good mix of winning and, and an opportunity for people to have that experience of winning. Uh, and as well as on top of that, uh, the, the impact for the, our, our retailers, you've got to have that, that churn, um, the movement of dollars through their, their businesses. Uh, otherwise, we don't have the distribution networks. So it's really been a re-energization of the focus on being a business, I feel, that has driven the biggest change in how we operate. Got it. Well, I appreciate that very much. And as you are a, um, a, a an agency of, of the state government, and sometimes government can, well, I suppose government all the time acts like government. Has there been any pushback <laughs> yes. to, uh, to 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 you doing things differently over the past four years, five years? You know, not not really. I, what I would say to you is, you know, people people do question what you're doing and what your your end objectives are. But because we've been successful and because we are, you know, one of the top revenue generators for the state, uh, people saw the benefits pretty quickly. Um, you know, w- one of the things that when I first came into office again, I, I came in in March of 2016. And there was a debate going on between our our uh, accounting teams and our products teams on the twenty dollar price point. The the players with the dollars were showing that they really loved our twenty dollar ticket, but there was some concern internally on uh, the profitability and the you know the reach of those products and. 
by using these principles and really taking apart the business aspect of this and kind of getting the agency mindset out of it, we were able to very easily demonstrate internally that the $20 price point was a place to be. It's a ticket that had generated, uh, one ticket in, in a two-year time frame generated $208 million in revenue. And in the end, when we got through looking at the analysis of how much that meant to the beneficiaries we serve, it was it was over $27 million, almost, almost $30 million that we were generated off of one ticket in that two-year time frame. And that that really became instrumental in us taking apart um, the government mindset of, you know, how we look at things and, and getting folks to look at it from the profitability side and the value side of it uh, and really looking at that our players wanted the game because the game was a game they won on and they enjoyed it um, and, and bringing that focus to delivering products that way. How do you um, – give us a little bit more about how has it been – in kind of a private sector mindset in a government agency. You talked about it a little bit, but introducing lead. That being- yeah, you know, I, I really benefited. Not only punching, but like interesting to see. Uh, I really benefited coming in because under Governor Ducey, this has been a focus he's had uh, for all state agencies. And I mean, just think of something as mundane as the motor vehicle department and going and getting your your driver's license or your vehicle registered. They took what had been uh, well over an hour wait for, for going in to get that you know, just to get your driver's license done, and they turn it into a less than 15-minute time frame by applying these principles and by applying the thought of looking at ourselves as business-oriented, not just agency-oriented. Um, I'll tell you a simple, funny anecdote out of that. When they went through that process, a, a simple thing that they learned, you know, obviously the busy time during the weekday uh, at the motor vehicle department is the lunch hour. Well, the folks at Mo- and transportation that had been doing the scheduling for years and years at, at, at MVD had it scheduled where, where a lot of the workers were out at the normal lunch hour time frames. And so just by asking the simple question of why are we so backlogged at lunch, they were able to figure out, well, wait a minute, if we stagger uh, the lunch hours for our people – We'll be able to serve more people that are coming for their driver's license, right? It, it, it's yeah, it's such a uh, you know mind-boggling thing to Yikes. think about. But because it, we we live in a government entity here, that thought process hadn't been able to be brought to bear. And we we had similar things here at Lottery, where you know that story as I was just telling you about the that that one ticket. You know, our folks had been taught to use a blended model for profitability, and they had been given the percentage that they were using uh, before a $20 ticket had been introduced in the marketplace. Well, a $20 ticket has a much higher price payout than a $10 ticket or a $5 ticket. And so the profitability model is much different, but they were still using that same uh, blended model for the percentage, and it, and it you know it, it was making uh, half of our department feel like we had a, a loser on our hands when really again we generated thirty million dollars in profit off of that one ticket. Got it. Nice. You mentioned that that the lottery is one of the top revenue generators for the state. Do you have a sense of what percentage the revenue brings in as um, 
and in regard yeah. to the total yeah not i'm not sure exactly how we rank across across other agencies but i know we're one of the top two or three obviously department of revenue being number one with the taxes sure. they get to collect um but i i believe we're in the top two or three but i, I don't have the exact percentages on that Got it. Nice. Well, that was one of the things that, that, that motivated me to, to reach out to have you on the show was was seeing that number of a billion dollars. And I thought, my goodness, what a, yeah. what, what, what a big number that is. And part yeah. of me said, what a, what a huge boon for the state. But then another part of me said, maybe that's not such a good thing. Like, who, 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 who is it that, that's contributing to that? So I just wanted to get your take on that. No, absolutely. You know, I, and, and I would tell you one of the key things when you look at our overall mission, and, and it's actually written into statute that we have to do this in a responsible manner. And those words are written into the statute. And when we, we got quite a bit of data about the folks that play our games and that interact with us. And when you look at the data, the data shows you that people who play lottery cross all socioeconomical scales. And really, the, the, the average player is generating a household income of over $56,000 a year. Um, they view this, again, as an entertainment tool. It's disposable income to have to take to the marketplace. Are there folks in lower socio, socioeconomic status that play? Absolutely, because everybody dreams big, right? But, but it was fascinating to see, in, in, as I looked at the numbers, that we really cover across all levels. There's just as many folks that are uh, making over a hundred thousand dollars that are playing as there are uh, below twenty thousand. Um, it's it's just fascinating how it goes across the board on that. And then on top of that, we we do very seriously take how we approach our marketing efforts. We you know we don't we don't target certain communities. We don't target. Uh, you know, there's the old argument out there that the lottery is for people that don't know how to do math, um, but but we don't target that way. We target the entertainment side of this, the fun that you can have. Uh, we've been very conscious uh, in the approach that we've taken that, you know, it used to be in the olden days in this industry, you'd see a lot of, uh, you know, giant stacks of dollars or, or mansions and things like that that you could go out and purchase on this. And really the feedback we get from our players is, you know, if I win, I'm going to go pay off my student loans or I'm going to go pay my house payments off or things of that nature. And so we we key in on that in our marketing efforts and, and you know, creating fun, creating entertainment, creating a way for people to dream, but mainly have a good time. You talk um, you talk about marketing efforts and it's a good segue. I know just from friends who are at agencies and um and you know, it's entirely that's breaking that up a lottery little bit contract there. is like the biggest contract in Arizona. So talk to us a little bit more. The uh, the lottery contract is the the biggest oh, yeah. in Arizona of emergencies. Why is that? You know, I, I think you know, I don't from a dollar standpoint, I don't know that we're the the biggest in town from an agency of record standpoint. Uh, but because we bring so many different products out into uh, the market every year, um, because we're up on just about every media platform uh, that exists, I think that the agencies in town, and again, I come from an agency background, I think they view lottery as a, a feather in their cap because it's a good place to test new ideas, put new pieces out there. You know, in the, the past uh, three years since we've been in, we brought uh, uh, our vaunted mascot, Will, Windfall Willie, back to the 
is a life person. I don't know if you guys know the history of our mascot, but <laughs> Windfall Willie was was a cartoon that had been uh, put in place way back towards the beginning, back in the 80s. Um, and he had existed alongside the lottery brand for a very long time. And then about two years before I came on, they, they took him out completely. He was no longer affiliated with the brand. And so we made a decision in, in the first year back, uh, our, our first year in, excuse me, to bring Willie back. But we brought him back as a live uh, person. And he is our chief fun officer. And he really <laughs> approaches the, the commercials as being – you know, finding as much fun as possible to put in the marketplace. And I, I think agencies, you know, I think when they look at a brand that's willing to have some fun and go out and be silly in the marketplace, uh, I think they like that challenge. Uh, and I think that's why we're one of the coveted, you know, marketers here in town. Well, that certainly does make sense. So, yeah, excellent. Well, you've gone through... Um, obviously a career change over the past four years. The lottery is enjoying so much success. One of the things we like to ask our guests is what are the top three things that you've learned over the past three years? Oh, good question. Top three things I've learned. I think number one, uh, just even starting with that first question of, do you want to be the executive director of the lottery? Uh, I've learned that this is an extremely uh, entertaining industry to be involved in. Uh, I tell you, Obviously, as a state agency, we, we have a monopoly on what we do uh, inside of our borders, uh, but we have relationships with uh, all of our partners in other states. And so it's a, it's a fun business to be in because we collaborate together, we work together. Um, all the states, uh, there's 36 states that own the Powerball brand. Um, and so we manage that as a board, um, and it, it, it's been it's just fun to to do that, to work together and do that, uh, and come up with strategies that can work in Arizona and work in Maine at the same time. So that's that's been a big thing for me. Number one is just that this industry is is an exciting, fun place to be. I think number two, uh, I I think probably coming into this job, I had a thought that oh, you know, people go get a state job because it's a cushy job and you maybe don't have to work as hard or you know we can just go and coast through things. But the reality is we've got a dedicated team here of about 90 to 95 people who work their butts off every day to have huge impact in the communities that we serve. And uh, so I, it's really changed my perspective on uh, who the state employees are and the impact that they can have in our community just, just by the work in, that they put in uh, to do that good. Um, I think probably number three, it's not going to get tougher here. Uh, <laughs> I think number three, uh, I think I've learned to just enjoy the ride a bit. You know, I, I coming from corporate world, you're, you're, you're very focused and driven on what, what you're doing. Um, we're obviously very focused on what we're doing here, but we have a good time. And I think that, um, when I came into office, my, my predecessor had had some rough goes in the media and so forth, and uh, and so morale here was not not at its highest peak. And I came in with a uh, happy energy, if you will, and tried to bring that energy to everything that we do here. And uh, I think it's had the most impact on our team in terms of how we move forward and how we became successful successful in what we were doing. If you bring some happiness to to your work, it uh, makes it a better place to be. I just couldn't agree with that more, and uh, and I'm 100% sure that 
that you leading the organization um, and and taking that attitude and bringing fun into the workplace, no question, impacts those other 90, 95 people that, that, that you have working with you. So that's not a surprise to me that you guys they have do been for successful. Sure. It, I it's love been it. an amazing experience so far. Yeah, I, I, I don't doubt that. And so you... You mentioned, well, I, I, I forget the language. Is, is the position, is it appointed? How, 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 how does that work? Yeah, so my, my position is uh, gubernatorially appointed because I, I actually sit on the governor's cabinet. And so, um, you know, you serve at the will of the governor. And uh, so when his term ends, he's obviously termed out and a uh, new governor comes in. They get to decide if I keep my job or not. Um, uh, but you're, you, like I said, you serve at the will of the governor and you have to keep him happy at all times. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Appreciate that. Excellent. And then the second question we like to ask everybody is if you could make one plea, knowing that the entire world would hear it, what would that plea be? And this is probably going to be cliched and I'm sure you've, you've heard it a million times, but it kind of ties back to that happiness piece in the workplace, but just be kind I would, the, 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 the plea I would make to the world is be kind to your fellow man, no matter who they are, no matter what race, creed, color, what, whether they make a million dollars or two dollars, you know, uh, we're all one human being or one human existence, excuse me. And uh, if we don't treat each other with kindness, then we're making a tougher world for all of us. And if we treat each other with kindness, we can can make a much happier and better place to be. Well, I think that's excellent right there. And, and I could not agree more. So. And definitely timely. I think that that we could all use a little bit a uh, l- little bit more kindness received and uh, and extended. So I appreciate that. Uh, I agree. I agree in these times. So so where can people where can people learn more about all the work that you're doing about all the different um, all the different programs that the lottery funds and then obviously how 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 can I play? Well, sir, let's start with the play part because uh, you can go and have a lot of fun with us just by visiting any retailer uh, here in the state of Arizona. Unfortunately, we're not up on the uh, internet. It's not something we could do in our state. Again, sticking to uh, keeping that integrity and character of our state, uh, that's that's why we're not up there. But you can go to any retailer. We have over, uh, I believe we're up over 3,100 retailers now all across the state of Arizona. Really, in every single corner of the state, you could find a retailer. Some large, some small, but all of them doing a lot of good. Um, and all of them, by the way, earning 6.5% commission and, and bringing revenue back into their pockets for selling lottery. Uh, in terms of where you can learn more about what we do, if you go to ArizonaLottery.com, uh, we've got all the information up there about the beneficiaries that we serve, as well as all the different games that we have out there in the marketplace. Perfect. Nice. Excellent. Centauri, what else? Uh, no other questions. Just going to now Google Windfall Willie. Uh, but thank you <laughs> for, Willie. for being on the. <laughs> thanks for being on the show. Um, it was really informative. I think um, a lot of folks know about the lottery, but don't know exactly the depth and scope of what you all do as far as impact. So uh, thanks for sharing. You bet. Thanks so much, Greg. Anything else you'd like to share? You know, just go out and have fun and uh, have a good time with the lottery products. Whether you're Arizona or any other state in the union, there's lottery in just about all of them. And uh, know that when you put down a dollar, you're doing good for your community. Perfect. Well, thank you again, sir. All right. Thanks so much. And thanks, as always, for listening. And remember, keep questioning because the struggle is real.
before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.